Welcome back once again to the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. It's me, it's me, it's PVC. Hmm, I think I stole that from somebody. Anyway, thanks for tuning in once again to the podcast. We've been loving getting your your comments and uh, thoughts and suggestions on uh, future people that we should interview on the podcast. Um, In this episode, we're going to switch things up just a little bit. In previous episodes, I've been uh, asking Jimmy Starr a lot of questions. So in this episode, we're going to switch it around just a little bit. Jimmy Starr is going to be the interviewer and I shall be the interviewee. So um, Jimmy, over to you, mate, and let's get into it. Hi guys, yep, so it's a bit of a turnaround today. It's uh, Jimmy Starr, myself, hosting the uh, podcast, talking to the one and only Patrick Vincent Crown, PVC. How are you doing, buddy? Okay? I'm really, really good, and I'm loving the whole podcast thing, and it's nice to um, to be the interviewee for once. You know, I've been asking all these hard-hitting questions to to yourself, and uh, I think it's nice to, to switch you around a little bit. It's cool, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving the opportunity again to um, to interview someone, and also, yeah, we've had some really good feedback from your interviewing skills and hosting skills in general. So you're doing a great job for the podcast, and uh, yeah, keep it up. This that is, this is your new job for a little while. <laughs> Another one of many jobs I have in FSWA. Yep, definitely. Yep, you're a jack of all trades. As we in, in FSW, that's what you got to be. So starting at the very beginning, obviously with the generic question, um, have you always been a wrestling fan? I think I became a wrestling fan uh, when I was about probably 14. Uh, Didn't really kind of capture me when I was like super young. I I knew about it. I knew about Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan and and Sting and all these sort of larger than life characters, but it never really gripped me until um, one day. I I remember it quite vividly, actually. Uh, I was sitting in geography class and um, one of my friends uh, just came and sat next to me and he said, oh, did you watch the... uh, the WWF pay-per-view last night. I was like, what, what's, what's a pay-per-view and what's WWF? And he was like, oh, Stone Cold, like drunk a beer and he put his face in some woman's tits or something. I was like, uh, what? Excuse me? This is this is wrestling? He was like, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So I was like, okay, I'll go home and I'll do a little bit of research and uh, I managed to find the pay-per-view and I watched it and I was like, all right, this is cool. Uh, I'll watch, uh, I think it was like Saturday mornings, uh, Smackdown was on like Sky One. So I'd like, watch a, a couple of hours of that and then sort of became hooked on that became to know the uh the characters and all the wrestlers and then got a few of the games and then it just became a whole encompassing thing for from from then on really starting in school wrestling with my friends trying out all the moves even though they say don't try it at home and seriously guys don't try it at home because uh, i remember <laughs> once waiting outside of uh, maths class and one of my friends said uh I reckon I could power bomb you. And um, this is outside on the concrete. And the idiot I was back then, and the idiot I am still now, uh, I was like, yeah, okay. And he just like lifted me up. And I, I kind of knew enough to, to be able to like jump to, to help him out. And he just power bombed me on the concrete. And I got up and I was like, well, that hurt. But that was a lot of fun. And because we was all like gathered around waiting to go into this lesson, everyone was looking and it was like, oh my God, that was so brutal. Like, I can't believe you did this. And my, my friend was a little bit smaller than me. He was like, oh, you're so strong picking this guy up and like slamming him on his back. And it was like, oh, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I think so. Like uh, I hit my head on the concrete, but I think I'll be okay. And I think it was then that I knew that um, kind of almost showing off <laughs> in front of people was was a thing that I would like to do. <laughs> I think that's the thing, you know, um, whatever anyone says when you're a fan of wrestling, you uh, you do 
do unfortunately try these things at home. But uh, yeah, maybe don't try that. Don't try the concrete thing. You're lucky <laughs> to get away with that one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, after that, you started watching re- fairly religiously, I assume. Who was your favourite at the time? Weirdly enough, the first wrestler I remember kind of taking a liking to was Bradshaw. Uh, it was Farouk and Bradshaw, the Acolytes. I'm not sure why. I think he just sort of stood out because he had a, a few really cool moves. And one was like the fall away slam. And I just thought that was such a cool move. And then his brutal clotheslines, like every time he had hit them, I was just like, okay, this guy can kick ass. Um, and then I think it developed then into sort of more of the uh, the high flying guys. Uh, and then um, into kind of more of the, I guess, mid card guys, the, the people that are in the kind of intercontinental level you know back then it was probably like your, your Chris Jericho's D'Lo Browns and, and people like that who who could wrestle they could fight and they looked like they could handle themselves but they could also do some wicked moves off the top rope and you know dives and and um, promos as well which is which is I think a really important thing in wrestling that that kind of that captured me as well so when did you do you think that you got the the stirrings to actually think do you know what i can potentially do this the the very first twinge let's say was that that power bomb outside of math class that was the weird thing that me and my friends were all into it you know we emulated it we copied it like idiots and it was that kind of that reaction and then me and my friends kind of became known as like the wrestling guys and then um we did a similar thing to what most people probably did back then, you know, you would see the video of Mick Foley jumping off of his roof onto a, you know, some cardboard or a mattress or whatever. And then you see him as Mankind or Dude Love or Cactus Jack and you're like, all right, he went from jumping off of his roof and somebody videotaping it to being the biggest superstar in the world, the WWF champion or whatever it was. So naturally we all um sort of said uh should we just uh go around somebody's backyard and, and um put down some mats and, and just kind of wrestle and it was awful and if i still had the tapes it would be possibly one of the best things to to show people because i just looked so different and it was like i wanted to be like raven and jeff hardy mixed in one so i was like this moody kind of gothy guy but again um i always wanted to do the the cool moves i want to do the jericho moves and i want to do the kurt angle moves and all those kind of guys I, I respected, but I had zero training and I never knew of anywhere to get any training. So back then it was, you'd watch Kurt Angle put on an ankle lock and you'd pause it and you'd watch where his hands go and you go, okay, that looks decent enough to, to be an ankle lock. Uh, that guy's doing a DDT. Okay. I just hook my hand around and I, I fall, you know, we didn't know how to take bumps. We didn't know how to do this safely, but it was, it was a bug that kind of got to, got to me. And I, I don't think I actually started wrestling training until, uh, I'd finished school. I think I'd finished, uh, sixth form and college. So I must've been maybe 19, 20, 21. So I got into it quite late, you know, considering some people get into it in their early teens. Um, but I remember the first training session uh, I went to, it was me and Connor who wrestled as Khan in FSW. And um, we went all the way down to Romford to an LDN uh, training session on a Friday night. Not sure why we picked that one. I think maybe it was because it was a kind of a, a beginner's class and it had a lot of kids there. Um, and it's the only one we could sort of find out. I, I don't know why. I'm sure there were a million classes all over the country, all over the, you know, the, the region that we were, but this was like, okay, we can go down there. It was probably 10 pounds or something. We can have a little roll around and see what it's all about. 
And um, I remember my first session, I puked up a lot of Ribena um, and I haven't, haven't, <laughs> I haven't uh, drank Ribena since because I remember just sitting, waiting around for the training session because we got there stupidly early for some reason, uh, hanging around, drinking Ribena and not, not realizing how unfit I was at that point because I, I assumed I'd be able to do it. Yeah, it's fine. Wrestling's easy, isn't it? Yeah. And then they get you to run around the hall and, you know, jump up, jump down, touch the floor clap your hands, now do press-ups, now do sit-ups, and then run around again. And then it was like, uh, I'm just going to take a step outside and then just, blah, just this purple slosh of liquid everywhere. And I remember after that feeling so much better. And then it was like, right, we're going to learn how to bump. And it's like, okay, on these little sort of, uh, you know, two-inch sort of gymnastic mats and you learn how to bump. And, and then the next day waking up and being like, oh my God, what did I do last night? I'm aching from every muscle, every bone is sore, every fiber of my being is just, is just feeling so bad right now. But then, uh, you know, ringing up Connor and just being like, that's pretty cool. Should we go uh, next week? He's like, uh, yeah. So it became a, a thing. And we probably did that for maybe a year. And I can't really say that we really learned how to sort of wrestle in a sense of in a showmanship style or anything like that. We didn't have any character to anything we did, but we learned a lot of chain wrestling. Now, I think that was that was quite good for us back then, even though we would have liked to have got into a ring and run the ropes and, you know, dived off the top rope and slammed each other. But we kind of had a really good understanding of of how to work a body part and how to manipulate that. And I, I think that was really good until I think one time we just decided that Romford was a ridiculously far place to go every week to go training. May and, I ask um, who was who was training you at the time? Uh, at the time, it was um, John Ritchie. All uh, right, I, I, he 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 trained uh, did a lot of training at Drop Kicks. Um, well, way before uh, LDN, and he used, he used to do some stuff with him. Yeah, he's he's a good, 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 very good chain wrestler and uh, very good shooter. Uh, his father was an very good shooter too. So. Uh, so yeah, so you, you were learning from a from a fairly decent guy. Yeah, and then I think um, I think the first time I was introduced to you, I don't know if you remember it or not. Um, LDN did a show in Wisbeach, and it was at the the Hudson Leisure Centre. Uh, myself and a couple of friends and Connor, we were there to like help set up the ring and stuff because we'd not done anything like that before, and that was like really exciting for us. You know, it's like it's our hometown, and we were we were sort of facilitating wrestling coming to the coming to the town and stuff. Uh, and I just remember meeting you, and you were just like, "Yeah, I'm local," and it's like, "Hang on." There are people in this area that are actually wrestlers because I assumed that everyone that was a big wrestler was from the city. You know, they were from London or Manchester or Birmingham or, you know, even Norwich to me back then. You know, the, it was a it was a big city for, for people to come from. You were like, yeah, no, I'm just just from down the road. And that was like the first <laughs> the first meeting of Jimmy Starr and and uh, and and myself. I don't know if you remember or not, do you, Jim? Um I, I can honestly say I only remember it because I think did I think I wrestled Marty right Marty Scott did yeah it was you and Marty in the main event I don't remember it I'm very sorry but I do vaguely remember that I did wrestle at the Hudson Centre once yeah and I think that was the thing like that was the first meeting and you didn't know who we were we didn't really know who you were but then because you were a wrestler you kind of turned up you looked like a wrestler you acted like a wrestler and then you're in the main event it was like all right cool like people from this area we can do it and then I think for a while, uh, myself and a couple of guys, uh, we went to a few of the um, sort of the extreme weekenders that WAW did. 
um, in the, uh, the, the Kossi, um, little kind of community center there. I remember that being a very, very different experience, um, from what we'd, we'd done before. And that, that, that was kind of cool because that was seeing things from uh, a completely different perspective. I remember it being quite a lot of money and I remember it being quite hard. Now it sounds kind of, uh, it makes me sound a little bit weak, but it was like, ah, oh, I, I wanted it to be easier. If that makes sense. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I, I felt like I kind of, I got it, but I didn't need to be shown how to be slammed on my back sort of 20 times. You could do it once or twice and I could get it. But I feel that is because uh, I kind of naturally pick things up kind of quickly. Whereas um, I think everybody in the group was sort of um, put into one into one category. And it's like if, if nobody in the group could get it, everyone had to do it over and over and over and over again, which to me didn't really kind of work. Um, but then shortly after that, Connor had been going um, to your sort of um, training uh, on a Sunday. And uh, yeah, I remember turning up to that. And I guess that was the start of, of me in Falling Star Wrestling. Okay, so when you started it with Falling Star Wrestling, started training at Falling Star, how did you find the training compared to the other promotions that you trained with? Um, I think I enjoyed it a lot more because it was quite varied. Now, I think that was probably A, because it was every week. And I, I think for, you know, uh, I don't want to speak for yourself, but if, if we were to turn up every Sunday and you, and you went, okay, here's a wrist lock. And then we learned how to do a wrist lock and we were excited about it. And then next week we'd turn up and be like, here's how to do a wrist lock. We'd be like, ah, I don't really think this is the training school for us. But I, I, I feel like you recognize that there were people coming uh, that were regular and you had to mix things up and you couldn't always do the basics for everybody. Whereas that was a similar thing in, in LDN. There was a lot of kids there. There was like kids there that were maybe, you know, between sort of the ages of six and 10. And although they, they tried to like split the class up um, quite often, we would sometimes get lumped in learning what the kids wanted to learn or what the kids sort of were, were being showed. Um, so again, driving down to Romford, three hours in a car to get there, just to kind of work on locking up every week. It was, it wasn't as good as what we then went on to experience with yourself, Jimmy. And I don't want to kind of like keep putting you over, but it, it must've worked because we, we, we kept coming back and, and you, you kind of gave us opportunities and, and there was just different things for us to do, different things to us to learn. There was a crash mat there, you know, and, and eventually that transitioned into working in the ring and which is something I hadn't really done so much. I'd, I'd kind of been in the ring a little bit with the WAW guys, but, um, you know, turning up to a falling star, um, sort of training weekend was, for me, kind of the better of both worlds. It had that kind of fundamental and basics and it had the fitness and the, and the extremeness of that, but then it had fun and learning new stuff and kind of having that feeling of like, I achieved something today. I learned something, I achieved it and it, and it felt really good. And plus we had a, we had a great crew back then and we still do. You know? I think, yeah, I think that's what, you know, falling star wrestling training has always been about. I try not to, you know, I can see, if someone's got athletic ability, I, I've always had a good eye for people who pick things up quick. And I've always had a good eye for what people's um, strengths and weaknesses are. I remember the first day I saw you um, and Connor, I could see that you you had the, the bare bones essentials down. And I could see that you you know, you know knew a few wrist locks and reversals and you knew some cool stuff. Um, and you even knew how, like you say, a few slams and whatnot. But it was, uh, yeah, for you guys, it was, it was trying to. I think it was trying to then piece it together, get get you in the ring, 
pieces together and start putting together some some basic matches you know definitely that 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 was it for me it was like it was needing having having the fundamentals there is is decent but if you put two guys in the ring that can kind of chain wrestle all they're going to do for 10 minutes is chain wrestle you know there might be a few rolls and and reversals and maneuvers and stuff but there's not there's not drama, there's not story, there's not character. And that's, that's definitely what I learned, you know, from yourself. And I think you, you talk about it quite often to, to the guys, even nowadays, it's, you, you can be the best looking guy, you can be, do all the, the flashy moves, but if people don't care about what you're doing, or they don't care about you, then they're going to sit on their hands and they're, you know, they're going to clap for somebody who they, who they do like. But anyway, going back to the sort of training and then developing on, to your first match do you remember your first match vividly i remember it really vividly actually it was uh myself and johnny storm in a tag team match against uh richard parliament and phil the warden um i remember it very very clearly actually i think we told this story in an earlier podcast and uh, <laughs> you kind of uh <laughs> sniped at me because i never gave you your trunks back <laughs> but um yeah you you you'd, you'd said uh, i want to get you in the ring i want to i want you to to have a match and i was like okay i'm not sure if i'm ready but i'm i'm happy to go in there and you know, uh, uh, and give it a go. You lent me the trunks. They were just uh, sort of generic black trunks. And I had like the training boots and the, the elbow pads and the, and the knee pads and, and just kind of got in there and, and did things that I knew that I could do. And, um, very graciously, uh, Johnny, let me, uh, let me get the win with a frog splash off the top. And I just remember that just being one of the coolest moments ever, you know, sort of, I'd been to shows and seen Johnny Storm, you know, his name and, you know, you get to be in there with him and, and celebrate a victory in your very first matches. It, it's quite, something quite special, actually. I mean, yeah, it is quite special. I mean, to be paired with Johnny Storm, I know it's probably uh, very daunting for you, but one hell of a guy to be paired up with on your first match, right? It was, it, yeah, it, it was an honour because, um, you know, all these guys were sort of more established. They were more um you know more versatile in the ring than i was i had a little bit about me but uh sort of thinking back then i had kind of zero character i didn't really know what i was doing and why i was doing it it was just kind of right okay we'll start the match and it was like uh i think it was johnny and richard started off and they did their little thing and it's a kind of classic tag thing where uh you know the good guy gets gets over in the beginning and then each guy tags out the two new guys come in and they run a little bit of a spot but um i don't think it went as well as uh, as I'd hoped, I think that was meant to be my kind of shining moment of the match. And then Johnny was going to kind of take over and do, do the rest of it. But uh, uh, I remember it not going as, as well as I would, I would have liked. And I think that was a kind of a communication error because I think back then I didn't really know how to communicate in the ring. Uh, and I don't think I really got that until probably quite recently, actually, which is probably sounds quite surprising. Um, but yeah, I just remember just being in there and not listening to the crowd and not listening to the other guys and just being kind of so focused on being in there and being like, right, what's my next step? And almost like planning out every step and be like, right, okay, I've got to do this at this moment. And when this happens, I react to that. And it was, it was never really a, a fluid kind of match, but for my very, very first match, I, I can't really uh, beat myself up too much about it because it, it's one of those things you just learn from it. And I definitely learned from it. Well, it must have made an impact on me because I actually remember it. I remember the frog splash as well. I think it's um, part of a, uh, a video montage somewhere, an old Falling Star video montage. I think we got a... Yeah, it is, yeah. So um, I think that match, it, match definitely made an impact on me. And I could, I could see that you had the athletic ability very, very early on. And I could see that you could also be any character you wanted. I think it was myself 
who gave you the initial name of of, of Sean Simmons. Now you probably didn't like that, as as you now you've changed it, and you came up, I think, with quite a good character for the Sean Simmons name. Just sort of explain a little bit about uh, about Sean Simmons. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly how it was. It was that first match, and and you were like, "You got any gear?" And I was like, "No." And you're like, "You got a name?" <laughs> I was like, "No," but I think I'd like to use Sean because I think that's kind of easier. Um, and I think I, I remember reading into sort of a lot of wrestlers using sort of their first names. There was, you know, Eddie Guerrero, that was his real name, and Chris Jericho, Chris was his first name, Chris Benoit, like. And I was thinking, okay, it'd be kind of cool to have Sean as my first name, and then something else. And I think you just turned around and sort of went what do you like? You're, you're into like sort of rock music. Uh, I can imagine like a, I don't know, like a Gene Simmons. What about Sean Simmons? And I just went, yeah, whatever. Cool. I just want to get out there and, and do what I wanted to do. And then it was that classic thing. I think you told it in your episode. It was like you were given a name and then it was kind of, you just sort of stick with it for a while. But you, but you changed it into this sort of flamboyant sort of androgynous um yeah you got you uh, let, let's just say uh, back in the day when things were a bit less politically correct you, you got a lot of uh, <laughs> you got a lot of gay boy chance yeah that that kind of came around sort of almost naturally because i remember being the the generic sean simmons for quite some time it was it was just i was a baby face and i wore the black trunks and i, I eventually got kick pads because i thought that's what wrestlers got you know and it, i had this very very generic look i had sort of um shoulder length hair and and a few tattoos but I never really kind of took that rock star thing because I had this weird thing in my mind of like, okay, when you're a, when you're a trainee, you're almost like given, you're almost given stuff. And it's like, I was given my name. And I I think I was probably at that point waiting to be given like the okay to have a gimmick. And then I realized that there was all these guys around me and they were like, oh, I came up with this and I came up with this. And I was like, oh, all right, you, you, you do get to come up with your own stuff. I I don't know if it's like a hand me down type thing. And, um, I remember going going away for a little while. I think I had a, a few shows off. Uh, I went to America to travel around a little bit, and I came came back and I just kind of changed my hair. And I remember it was a Lynn Sports show, and um, I just turned up and I didn't expect to be on the show because I'd been been away for a little while. And uh, I think you just went, "Hey, good to see you." Um, we've got this. Um, I think it was like a four on four um, tag match. He was like, I just need numbers later. Um, do you fancy being in it? I was like, yeah, I didn't expect to be on the show, but I'm happy to do so. He was like, uh, you're wrestling heel tonight. I was like, oh, I've not done heel before. This could be quite interesting. And um, I remember just kind of coming out and thinking, right, what do heels do there? You know, they're arrogant. They, they insult people. And I just tried to do my kind of most generic thing. And for some reason, my, my hair was was always kind of a part of that. And it became a sort of thing where like people would pull my hair and I'd get really, really angry at them and became a thing about the, the Sean Simmons character. You don't touch his hair. And then it started to involve hairspray as a thing. And I'd get the referee to spray my hair or I'd have a valet spray my hair. And then that became a weapon that kind of evolved from then. It's like, okay, this, this guy's egotistical and slightly on the campsite and a little bit, like you said, androgynous. And I got the, the kind of the, the pink and blue gear to kind of represent the sort of like the male and female thing. And I got, uh, enhanced my kind of inner Ric Flair and got a robe and started to come out with this hairspray and this whole sort of flamboyant thing. And that was, that was a really, really enjoyable character to play but then there was a there was a period of time where my kind of life changed and i guess sean simmons kind of um 
died off really well the good the great thing about sean simmons is like when you took the the mantle because you're right i i don't like to give people their own gimmicks i mean if someone wants to come up to me and ask me about characters and they're having trouble with characters and stuff like that i'll sit there and discuss it and if they want i'll give them a character but if it's not a part of them or something that they can they can perform comfortably then what's the point of me saying, oh, fuck it, I, your character is, you're going to be a Royal Marine, you know, when that's not something that you're, you, you have any fucking experience in whatsoever. Um, there's no point in it. So I, I, I was quite happy to give people names. And, and I know, I know back in the day through, through myself, people would just say, you're this, you're that, um, spend some time being a wrestler and then we'll eventually give you a gimmick, you know? Um, and I sat around waiting, and to be honest with you, I'm still sitting around waiting now for someone to give me a fucking <laughs> But the actual giving someone a character side, I, I never really, never really agreed with. I always wanted people to... The, my, my philosophy is, is if you learn how to wrestle in a school, uh, learn how to wrestle in the ring, learn how to put a basic match together you and you, you can do that safely then you need to start going out in front of people and learning what your character is um and that's what you did you developed it and i remember the hair hair stuff and um it worked after i think we had some good matches i think we tagged once as well for some reason i, I don't know why because i'd have been a baby face but we i know i think we were wrestling at hulk and, um, yeah, it was it was me and you against uh, the unnatural disasters, and I think they were the the big baby faces in town, weren't they? So I think we had to, I think you had to, to had to join me as a, as a heel compadre with the, with the lovely hair. I think I did, yeah. And I remember we did the bollock spot where, um, if so, if you guys <laughs> don't know the bollock spot, it's where someone gets chucked into the corner, the other person gets chucked in, sort of splashes them falls back and then the other person falls onto their bollocks, gives all headbutts their nuts. And I remember that I headbutted your nuts and uh, as a little bit of a sort of on the fly comedy moment, I uh, got your hairspray and sprayed your nuts with it. So we <laughs> insinuating that your bollocks hang. <laughs> they um, probably did. They, they, I don't think they did. I think <laughs> I, I, you probably had sweet smelling plums, but I just thought it would get a good laugh. And uh, I think yeah, from what I remember it did. There we have it, from robes, capes and hairspray to nice smelling plums. That was another episode of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. Thanks, Jimmy, for popping on and asking me uh, a few great questions. It was really, really enjoyable being the uh, the interviewee there. And uh, we're going to continue our chat on the next episode of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast, where we're going to get more into current days and the current character of PVC. So uh, make sure you subscribe on all the platforms you listen to your podcasts on. And make sure you also follow Falling Star Wrestling on the social medias at Falling Star Wrestling. You can also follow me personally at me at PVC Pro Wrestler. And we'll catch you next time for another episode of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>